Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Very pleased uh, to welcome into the studio Chris Milliken, who is the co-founder of Penguin, talking about Chilean wines in Singapore and around the region. Chris, good morning. Great to see you again. Good morning, Glenn. Great to be here. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. We are often chatting and talking as we have been over the years about great wine, how to choose it. And with the holidays coming up, of course, people, let's face it, drink a lot during the year, no matter what the season is in Singapore. But around this time of year, people uh, generally are going out more, going to restaurants or having to take a bottle to friends' houses. How do you uh, recommend that they think about what bottle it is they should pick up, what they should be ordering, that sort of thing? Well, you know, I think that we always want to impress our friends when we when we show up with a nice bottle of wine, mm. and we want our friends to appreciate how much time and effort we may have put into selecting that perfect bottle. And I think if you're going to a bottle shop, you always want to ask uh, the person there on the on the floor what kind of wines would, might go with a certain type of meal. But I think that ultimately you want to stay in your financial lane. Yeah, uh, and that lane can be very wide. <laughs> it sure and, can, and can get, you can get on the fast lane very quickly as well. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and and you can easily. The first question that any salesman is going to ask you is how much do you want to spend? Yeah. Uh, before they even ask you what type of wine do you want, they don't. Before they even ask you, do you want a white wine or a red wine? The first question is, how much do you want to spend? What is your budget for that? And I've certainly been guilty, and I would imagine more than a few of our listeners have been. You walk into cold storage or something to pick up a bottle, and, you know, there's $100 here, and there's, you know, $20 there, and you're like, yeah, 35 sounds about right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, is there there kind of a midpoint that people generally just say, yep, looks good enough, I recognize that label, I'm done. I, th- I think label recognition is is, is semi important, but it's also you just want to know that and have the confidence that that you're going to enjoy and appreciate yeah. that wine. Mm. And the other thing is, you don't know if you're actually going to drink that wine when you take it to a friend's house. Is it just going to go into that person's cellar, or are you actually going to drink it? Yeah. Uh, so one thing I'll just touch on is, if you are bringing a wine to a friend's house or to a guest house that you and you want to drink it, it is okay to to mention upon handling that bottle to the to the host and say. I would really like to enjoy this wine with you today if we can. And it's something that makes them also appreciate that you've put the thought into wanting to share this with them. Rather than just saying, and you walk in, you put it on the counter next to the other bottles that are sitting there. Or the other thing is, if you take a bottle of wine to somebody's house, write a little message on the bottle to remind them where that bottle came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're going there for a housewarming party or going there for a Christmas party, about who brought it over and why. Because it's always nice when you pull out a bottle to to recall where that came from. Yeah, get one of those... like those pens that writes in white or something that you know that really sticks onto glass or labels or whatever because exactly. your labels on Penguin are most of them are kind of dark at, exactly. at some point. But, yeah, uh, so it takes yeah. a lot of writing. Yeah, <laughs> but as far as price point, you know, yeah. I think that uh, again, stay in your financial lane. You don't have to spend five hundred dollars on a bottle of wine oh, if that's not I, what you're comfortable spending on yeah. a bottle of wine. I and mean, don't get me wrong, if that's where the where the space that you like to drink, then, <laughs> then more power to you. Yeah, but I think. Here in Singapore, I would say about $35 on up is really where you want to spend on something that's not going to give you a headache that you know (laughs) that it's going to give you a a good experience. Mm. And typically, I would say for a red wine, maybe around $50 would be a good price point. But if it's a special occasion, you may go all the way up to between $50 and uh, and $100. But I also think that this is a time of year that you, if you have a wine cellar, you start to think, oh, I'm going to somebody's house and I want to bring them something special. Maybe it's something that you've been collecting for a while. And if you do that and you go to somebody's house with this bottle of wine and it's maybe more than five years old, 
I highly recommend that you try to keep it upright so that any mm. sediment in that bottle doesn't get stirred up, especially if you do intend on drinking it with them. Mm. And give that wine an opportunity to breathe. So if you can imagine that you were stuffed into a bottle yeah. for five or six years, the first thing you want to do coming out of that bottle is you want to stretch, you want to open up, you want to and, and take in the oxygen. Yeah. And a wine is very similar that way. So in order to really appreciate the wine that you're that you're going to consume, if it's more than five years old, give it that opportunity to to take on some air. And and that would involve. I mean, can you just open the bottle, or do you need to decant it, put in, put it into a nice uh, you know decorative pitcher or something? Uh, you know, if it's if it's something that's really worthwhile, um, let's say it's a bottle of wine that's probably more than $75 and it's a good five or six years old, decanter is definitely helpful, but it's not necessary. If, you just, if you're willing to take the time, pour it into the glass and let, even let it sit in the glass for a few minutes before you drink it, that usually helps too. But. How, how long is enough? I mean, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes? I always thought that kind of letting the bottle breathe for like a half hour was a good idea. If you have an hour and you have the patience, <laughs> I, I would recommend a, a good hour. Yeah. Uh, and if you have a bottle of wine... We have some restaurants that will decant our wine for five or six hours, wow. knowing that they're going to be able to sell that later on in the evening. But they'll open it up around noon or one o'clock in the afternoon to really give that wine and give the opportunity to show its full potential. Yeah, it's interesting too because, of course, you can if you're just going to a friend's housewarming party or something or cocktail party. The importance of choosing the right wine or a, a really good wine may not be as important. But if you're going to the boss's house for dinner <laughs> or somebody that you suspect may know something about wine, <clears throat> you don't want to just get the, you know, the $25 bottle. You you actually want to kind of do it. So in terms of apps, like if people want to look and try to, you know, figure it out, Google something or whatever, what do you recommend as a, as a place for people to get more information quickly, even if, if they're at the store, they could take a you know picture of the barcode or I don't know whatever. What, what do people? What should people do? So of course, one of the most popular apps is an app called Vivino, and that allows you to scan one bottle at a time mm-hmm. and get some feedback on it. My personal take on that is I found that after you, the way their algorithm works, it scans everybody's opinions, and everybody's opinions pretty much comes out to average. Yeah. It's not so authoritative when yeah. it comes to this wine is actually going to be better. Mm. Uh, however, that said, we just launched, uh, I'm in partners with a company that just launched a new app and it's called Let's D-R-N-K. <laughs> so let's drink without the eye. Okay. And this app allows us to scan multiple bottles at one time. So you mm. can kind of hold it up to a shelf and sort through maybe 10, 15 bottles at a time. And at the same time, it allows you to have more of an AR experience, especially with our labels. You can get into an AR experience. We happen to have one that the penguin comes out of the bottle and talks to you about the wine, explains to you about the wine, (laughs) shows you pictures of the vineyard uh, to really help educate and make people feel more comfortable and confident with their purchases. Uh, As well, of course, it does the rating, but it also keeps track of what you like. Yeah. Is it this one? That is it. Yeah. D-R-N-K-A-R. A-R, yeah. Okay. Um, so I just pulled it up on Google Play. So it's right there. It's loading. And, and when you talk about – so the AR experience, you mentioned the, you know, the, the penguin comes out and, and whatever. What's the value to me as a wine consumer to – what kind of information will I get from, from that? Sure. Uh, first off, we'll explain to you the grape variety and certainly where the wine comes from. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize Chile as being one of the most premium wine-producing regions in the world, but it certainly is. So Which we is where Penguin that. is from. Right? Exactly. Yep. yep, correct. And you know the valley that we come from and pictures of the grapes and showing the quality of and the barrels of and where we make our wine and just all those little details about 
that you wouldn't normally get from just looking at the label or mm. even reading the back of the label. Uh, so it's definitely more intuitive that way. And yeah. we also have pop-up visuals. We'll show what kind of food you should have this with. And that, I think, is really useful. If you know you're going to somebody's house and they're serving salmon, you know, I mean, you know, people, we always default to, oh, just get a bottle of red or get a bottle of white or a Chardonnay might be a little bit sweeter, so I'll get a Sauvignon Blanc. But really, I mean, it does kind of, uh, especially if you are going to someone's home for dinner, maybe just ask them, hey, what's for dinner tonight? I want to bring a bottle of wine. And then just get, choose your wine that way, right? Absolutely. And I think that's very appropriate to, to ask what's being served. And you know, we have a very typical holiday coming up for Thanksgiving, U.S. Yeah. holiday. Yep. And I get this question all the time. If I'm going to somebody's house and we know they're going to be doing turkey and, and ham and things like that, what, what wine should I bring? And this is where I would re- highly recommend a Chardonnay if you're thinking of white wine. Oh, and really? And if you're thinking of uh, red wine, you might want to go Pinot Noir. Pinot, uh, something lighter. We have a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc, which I always think goes really well with uh, your traditional Thanksgiving meals. Yeah. yeah, cool. So I'm surprised to hear you say Chardonnay with turkey. Yeah, it's got a little bit more body to it. So whereas oh. a Sauvignon Blanc is a little bit overly acidic, okay. and it's a little bit more, uh, definitely you get more, in a Sauvignon Blanc, you're going to have more passion fruit and lime juice and, and mm. grassy notes. Whereas a Chardonnay, you'll get a little bit more of that butter. If you think, um, this is going back to the U.S., butterball turkey. <laughs> based oh, now you're making butter. me hungry. <laughs> if you say stuffing and cranberry sauce, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> Go find some place to eat. Chris Milliken in the studio, the co-founder of Penguin. How's Penguin doing uh, across Asia? You were an upstart not too many years ago. You know, a Chilean wine in a region that is heavy on Australian wines and even the California wines have made a big uh, splash here. Of course, uh, some of the traditional uh, European wines as well. But it's a heavy Australia kind of market or has been. How is it to bring in uh, a Chilean wine? Definitely has its challenges. And I think also Australia, for example, just took over as the number one exporter to China. Oh, is that right? uh, At the moment. So, you know, they they are definitely, you know, dominating in this part of the world. And the proximity, of course, makes sense. And if you want to go visit a wine region and you don't want to fly for 40 hours to to Chile, you're (laughs) going to get there in five or six hours, you're you're in Australia. Yeah. And their wines are fantastic. I actually studied winemaking in Australia for a few Hmm. years. So I highly support the the entire country in, in their wine producing efforts. And I think that the flavor profile of Australian wines is also what the Asia market has gotten accustomed to. And Chile, we also have a very similar flavor profile, fruit forward, well-balanced wines, Hmm. and we offer a really good value. And because of the soil content is so nutrient rich in Chile, we can produce up to four times as much grapes in the same amount of space as wow. other countries. Oh, my gosh. And that's where the value comes in. People mm-hmm. say, oh, why, why are Chilean wines less expensive than other wines? And it really because the cost to produce is much lower, and we're able to bring that value to the consumer. That's interesting. Yeah. But then you have so you have the shipping and all that kind of stuff that's kind of which is, which is true. And then you also have the you know if you're talking sustainability and the products coming from the other side of the planet. Uh, so some things that have helped us as Penguin from the sustainability side is that we use the most amount of recycled glass in all of our bottles, hmm. and we maximize container space when we're shipping overseas. So we're trying to make take all the measures that we can to also recognize where we're sitting in in the global you know our footprint our carbon footprint and how we want to minimize that. Yeah. 
And for 11 years, I've been building the brand out here in Southeast Asia, and wow. people are recognizing us for the quality and the longevity, too, of our wines. You can actually sell our wines. We're pouring wines that are 10 years old right now, hmm. and they're drinking really well. And I think when people taste the wine, they say, wow, that's from Chile. And with a name like Peng Wine, we're hard to forget. <laughs> well, in the area of full disclosure, I have more than a few bottles of Peng Wine <laughs> at home. Uh, and yeah, every time we crack one open, uh, my wife and I uh, you know, always enjoy it. And we've gotten to the point where we do let it breathe and, and, and all the things that we're supposed to do. But it goes down way too easy. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you came out with your book uh, a number, a few years ago, White or Red, It's All in Your Head. Of course, talking to Chris Milliken, the uh, co-founder of Penguin. How has the book been received and what kind of feedback have you gotten? Because this book is really, it really breaks down how to choose wines, what to look for, you know, what do you smell in a wine? What do you taste in a wine? What, what kind of feedback have you gotten from folks uh, that have read the book? I, I'm very, very positive. And I think... Uh Surprisingly, even people who – I really wrote the book for people who know very little about yeah. wine. Kind of uh, a beginner's – I won't say a beginner's guide, but a, but an easy guide. Absolutely. We yeah. even chose f- large font uh, to, <laughs> to make it super easy to read. That helps me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the idea behind the book it was something that I wanted people to feel educated and mm-hmm. more confident in buying wine. So you walk into a wine shop and you see these hundreds of labels and what's the difference and going back again, that number one question, how much do you want to spend Mm -hmm. and not knowing what it is you want. And wine is a journey. And I want people to understand that what you like today may not be what you like in a few years or even a few months. It doesn't have to be so complex. Mm. Ultimately, let's be very clear, it's grape juice. <laughs> and you know, we, we make this grape juice, this fermented beverage, very, very complicated when we talk uh-huh. about, did it, was that a good year? Was that a good vintage? Is it from France? Is it from Italy? Is it from Spain? How mm. do they produce their wines? What's their fabrication method? And so I try to break that down and make it as simple as possible uh, for people to understand mm. and, and to realize wine is more about the consumer than it is about the wine itself. What do you mean? In the morning, do you have coffee or tea? Typically coffee, but sometimes tea. Okay. Yeah. What kind of coffee do you take? I homebrew, you know, homebrew the coffee. So whatever, it's uh, typically like an Indonesian or something kind of a pretty robust coffee. Okay. Do you take milk and cream yeah. and sugar? Milk, yep. Okay. So right there, you're a coffee drinker. I thought you were going to give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> Darn you. I was really I getting ready. you a bottle of between, wine, though. Between, yeah, oh, thank you. between that and the turkey you were talking about, I was, I was going to get a full meal here. <laughs> yeah, so your point. So, so everybody likes different things. Yeah. Uh, even though you may be a coffee drinker, the way you like your coffee is going to be different. Sure. And so yeah, that's why Starbucks, you know, they, they have these you know, giant markers so they can take down your, your, your 12 different aspects to how you want your coffee. And wine is quite similar. How mm. you like your wine, the way you like your wine, and you know, you buy a bottle of wine to share it with five people, but if you ask for somebody's coffee order, you're going to get five different orders. Mm. But when you have a bottle of wine, everyone's drinking that same wine. Yeah. And which is also good because it becomes a conversation that what do you think about this? Let's mm. talk about this. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you find it fruit fruity? Do you find it sweet? Do you find it Anything other than red, <laughs> which is something our app does as well, which is pretty neat. It oh, keeps yeah. track of what you like. And if you may say this wine to me is very sweet, huh. but to someone who never drinks sweet wines may say it's not very sweet. And right. whatever the, your differences are. So it helps keep track of that based on your flavor profiles, based on your experience and what you appreciate. It's really cool. The book is White or Red, It's All in Your Head. The app is called DRNK space AR, right? 
The guy is called Chris Milliken, <laughs> <laughs> the co-founder of Penguin and a longtime friend. Chris, thanks so much for coming in to, uh, to be with us on Weekend Mornings today. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you very much, Glenn. Awesome. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.